The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 64 for August 7th, 2006. <laughs> uh, greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's well, you know where you are. John just told you. Hi, John. Hey, Dave. How are you? <clears throat> Fantastic. Had a had a pretty cool weekend. Well, that's good. I had a crazy weekend. I had two gigs, so if my throat sucks, well, that's just how it goes. Yeah, uh, I had some gigs. I did actually you really? uh, our um, my uh, high school graduating class. We had a mm-hmm. little impromptu get together on cool. uh, Saturday at one of the local. Uh, you know, it's cool. Everybody turned out okay. It was a lot of fun, to, <laughs> for the most part. That's good. But it was a lot of fun. The the, the most memorable thing was one kid. He he wasn't at our, I'll date myself, 20th uh, high school reunion. But he's like, dude, I remember we had a fight in third grade. And, dude, you totally trounced me. I'm like, really? I, I suppressed that. Wow. Well, there you go. Geeks can win fights, too. There you go. <laughs> I think I played dirty. But, but hey, you hey, know, that's a, that's third all, grade. What do, you, what do you want? Right. So, uh. Uh, so we had a really full show when I put the agenda together Friday so we could both look it over over the weekend. And then, of course, Chock full. that's right. And and then, of course, there was the WWDC announcements today. So uh, we, we've got both to talk about. There's not a whole lot with the WWDC stuff, but just some stuff that maybe we'll point you to. Uh, and then and then we'll get into answering your questions and addressing your concerns about Automator. We've got some stuff about TiVo and maybe even some new topics if uh, and, <laughs> if the time gods permit. What were you going to say, John? Well, what I found kind of funny was, uh, you know, and uh, we'll link to the article on the Mac Observer, of course, but it was funny because the analysts were kind of disappointed because yeah. it was what they expected. There yes, was no, right. There was no one more thing. No, there wasn't. That's right. But so, what they announced was definitely good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, so obviously the, the two big things are, uh, hardware-wise, of course, are the Mac Pro and the XServe. And, and then therein making the entire Mac line, at least as it exists for sale from Apple, uh, Intel-based in 100%. So no more wow. power PC processors, right? Which is, they, that's a big deal. They pulled it off. They well, pulled it off. Yeah, we're here. We'll see. Five years from now, we can decide whether or not they pulled it off, right? Maybe not even. Maybe a year from now, we can decide if they pulled it off. But uh, developers seem excited, and there's a lot of native apps out, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So, uh, Yeah. So the hardware. So what what do you, you think about the hardware, John? Uh, you know, again, nothing surprising. I mean, I, they have, from what I can see, the state of the art. Um, Xeon, you know, dual core uh, uh, processors. Yeah. The the name, you know, we we kind of guessed right. Not that there That's was right. a you know big head scratcher. <laughs> Mac Pro. That's right. There's only so many names. There were a lot of names. That's right. And I think I have. Do I still have some of them here? We have the Macintosh Pro or Extreme, the Pro Mac, mm-hmm. the Duo Mac, Mac Duo, Tower Mac, uh, and I think that was it. So there we go. So I can take yeah. that off the agenda. So it so looks like not so. Not surprisingly, I think the Cor- fastest Corey Mac Cooper, ever. right? Corey Cooper all- and, and Neil Sorensen said Mac Pro, and it mm-hmm. is. You're right, the fastest Mac ever. It always is. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but this it is. truly is. Now, now I do believe they hit the uh, the three gig. That's right. Uh, yeah. Which uh, finally, you know, some other company really had a little problem getting the chips out at that level in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. So. I think the Intel move was good, and these are, you know, some of the latest, uh, if not the latest, Intel chips. Uh, right. So it's uh, 
So now my, you know, dual G5 uh, oh, 2 that, gig that's is... That's officially uh, dated now, man. Yeah. 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 So, so it's you, fast. Did but, you order a new one today? No. <laughs> All right. So then they went on to talk about Leopard, right? Which is, what, 10.5, if my math is right tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know I'd heard rumors. Obviously, there's there's plenty of people out there that that'll you know you can get that stuff with varying degrees of reliability. But uh, it, you know there were a couple things, and, and of course that, that Steve highlighted these these features. And by Steve, I mean Steve Jobs, of course. Uh, and John and I wanted to talk through a couple. In fact, we were talking through a couple as we were getting ready for the show, and and then we realized, wait a minute, let's just start the show. So Time Machine is the first one. You hit. You had some interesting comments about it, John. Uh, when we were talking just before the show, you want to, and, and I would say, uh, I mean, Time Machine. So uh, for those that haven't read up on it yet, so Time Machine looks to me to be a very nicely done uh, incremental backup utility yep. where you really don't have to think about it now. Um, and and it does something that nearly every other backup utility fails at and that is it makes restoration a procedure that you can do without calling your local techie that's key right i mean that, that yes it, it's not revolutionary but it's key it you know no one else seems to have gotten the idea that well backing up is great until you need this stuff and then the restore feature is the most important thing in the world you know so and the presentation on the restore um you know sh- the way it presents it to you very cool Showing you all that stuff, and yeah. you know, if you, we haven't, still need to if you get... haven't seen it, there, there's a movie on Apple site. We'll link to the, the 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 leopard section where you can see all these movies. Essentially, what it does is, let's say you open up a Finder window and you say, "Oh darn, there's a document in here two weeks ago, and I need a copy of it, uh, mm-hmm. but it's not here. I deleted it, or I changed it since then." Well, all you do is you hit the time uh, time machine button, and the screen doesn't change a whole lot. The same Finder window stays up, but now you can navigate backwards. You see all the other iterations of that window behind it. And you start scrolling through until you get to the one that actually has what you want. And you highlight mm-hmm. it, hit restore, and bam, you're back to your normal Finder, but with that file intact. Very cool. I don't know how they do it behind the scenes. I don't know how much impact it's going to have on, on workflow and all that stuff. But if they can pull it off, it would be very cool. Yeah, and and I would equate it to though it's it's definitely nicer than now. Actually, you know, for the longest time, I never had to take advantage of this feature until I got a new machine. But Windows does have a system restore right. feature, which is somewhat similar. Though, That's though, right. from what I can see, it's it hinges on the software installer. So, anytime under Windows you do a software install, um, it creates right. a checkpoint. Right. And, and you it, and you can it, do other things that'll create checkpoints, but that's when it happens uh, almost automatically. That's right. Yeah, and then you go, and if you want to restore, it'll present it in. You know, it'll show a little calendar. You click on the date, it'll show you what happened that day, and you can go to a a point. But it mainly concerns itself with system uh, level stuff. And, right. and I had this happen where I installed two different network type utilities: an AT and T dialer and a Cisco VPN. And one or the other, they clobbered each other, and all of a sudden I had no TCP IP. So I basically reverted to the point before installing those two and then just chose to install one, and everything was great. But yep. it's mainly at the system level. The the, the uh, time machine is definitely at the user level, user data files and stuff, and, and it does present it in a very nice graphical, you know, which we've come to expect from yeah. Apple. So, I, so again, the, I've the seen, functionality yeah. isn't, you know, 
it, it, earth shattering, right? But the way they do it and the and and the way they tune it to the user's needs, I think, is uh, somewhat revolutionary. It's great. Yeah. Well, maybe evolutionary is a better better term there, right? I mean, okay. it, it just makes sense, right? I mean, when Brian was doing his his keynote uh, update. He, Brian, of course, was uh, at the at the uh, Moscone West, I guess, watching the keynote and posting the updates live. Many of you may have watched the, or read it as it happened. It was my job to sit here in my office here in New Hampshire and monitor everything that he posted and just correct for spelling and grammar. We didn't want him worrying about that on site, right? We, mm-hmm. He's got enough to worry about. Just get the stuff out. We can make sure the words are spelled right. So I was reading everything pretty much as it was happening, and and he really gushed over this, like you said. I mean, he really, really liked it. And I thought, and I'm, I'm reading it thinking, okay, great. Somebody, they finally got it right. But to see Brian, who's more of a, well, less of a techie, less of a geek than John and I are, but still very computer literate, obviously. Mm-hmm. To see him gush over it like this really kind of, it gave me a reality check that, wow, you know, most users really don't have a system of backing up that they trust or use regularly or all of the above so maybe it is more of a big deal to everyone else it might not be a big deal to all of the listeners of the geek gab but i you know there's some of you i mean we've got a a wide variety here and and i think that there's there's a good percentage of you that are that are probably in the same boat brian's in going wow this is awesome because Currently, you don't have a great way to back up. Of course, you could buy the PDF that Bob Levitis put out with us, but, you know, that's just a shameless plug. So, there you go. I, I was going to mention that, um, <laughs> yeah, for, for a while there, but but it's something you consciously have to do. Yeah. This kind of does it nicely in the background, yep. which is good because, the, as we pointed out with Bob, the first time most people think of backing up is once your hard drive explodes and you lose everything. That's then right. you remember. And, and right. even then, unless you have something that schedules itself, um, it's it's not something that people think about. So it's it's nice that Apple included it, though, uh, as I commented, uh, I'm sure there are some backup software makers that are shaking their fists yet again saying, Yeah, they just Apple, stole some business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Apple's M.O. No, no one is allowed to be su- <laughs> to be surprised at that anymore. Really, I, I mean, it, it's what it's what Apple does. They they release something, people, you know, it's a platform. People start building things on top of it. The things that Apple thinks are really great and that everyone should have, well, they give them to mm-hmm. everyone. Now, they there were things like the menu bar clock. I think it was called Super Clock from Cassidy and Green back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Am I right about that? Wasn't it Cassidy and Green that made it? If it wasn't Cassidy and Green, it was somebody. It was called Super Clock. Yeah. This was in the OS 9 days, and Apple actually bought it from the guy. Now, that's more standard is for Apple to just go and re-engineer it on their own. But, uh, but you know, they, they, they certainly aren't against going out and purchasing technology and, and putting it out there. Yep. But, yeah, that's how it goes. And some things um, along those lines are, right, like spaces, which is the, the desktop virtualization thing, which you can do right now with with a variety of pieces of software out there. I think it's actually called Virtual Desktop, which I we saw right. uh, yep. a couple of shows ago, and yep. it was like, wow. Now, now I have to go back and, and just comment on why I think Brian was so impressed. Now, you and I oh, have experienced right. this as well. Yes. Where was he? Oh, that's right. He was in the reality distortion field. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Excellent That's what point. I was going to say. Yeah, because you're right. You're right. If, if you haven't been... To a Steve Jobs keynote, I gotta say he's one of the best presenters. Oh yeah, ever. very charismatic. I mean, yeah, you know Bill Gates and Nothing. Steve Ballmer. Nothing. I mean yeah. these guys just can't get people enthused. Yeah, um, where Steve, on the other hand, could say the sky is blue, and you'll be like, my gosh, what a profound insight. And then <laughs> you leave, and you're like, 
Huh? Huh? Yeah. It, but, uh, it usually takes sure me about pres- 30 minutes to shake it off after I've been in one of those. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, so Spaces, that that was cool. It's it's uh, As far as I can see, it's nothing, it, you know, it's what other people have done, but it's good yep. that they build it in the OS. Again, some, you know, yep. the people that make that product may be shaking well, their fists. You know, they- even me, right? I, I don't use any desktop virtualization software. I certainly have, have thought, you know, a couple of times, maybe maybe more than a couple that wow you know that i could i could actually see that working really well for me in in certain times but i just haven't spent the time to set it up the other thing is i know that with things like that shareware like that or even you know commercial apps and of course the line is very blurred out there there's always going to be something and and i and i i, I want to state that i haven't used this particular piece of software so this is not a review of their software but with stuff like this, there's always something that's just a little quirky and, you know, you might run into some troubles. And, and even for me, I mean, because I have to rely on my Mac to work every day, I, I just don't, you know, I don't tweak it out that much to the point where it's got so much stuff running that I, I don't know where, you know, where the lines are anymore. So, uh, you know, having it built into the OS certainly brings a comfort level to, to, the, to the novice user, uh, but even, even to, you know, even to people like you and me. So. Yeah, and the product that, that we have seen, I, I just looked it up here, CodeTech, mm-hmm. Virtual Desktop Pro. And is. I'm sure that it has some features above and beyond what Apple's, you know, incorporating yeah. in the uh, OS. Yeah, it but, always uh, will. It always will. Well, and, you know, like iChat, right? Uh, the ChatFX from, from Julie, uh, from Script Software, uh, has been doing that for a while, where you can have a blue screen effect with something going on behind you or, you know, and, and various other things where you can make it so that when you move your head, it's like wiping snow off of the other person's screen and, and that kind of thing. ChatFX has been around, you know, for a while. It will, I, I imagine it will remain around, although the new iChat has a lot of those things built into it. It's also got some other really cool things with the movie sharing, the uh, picture sharing, and I don't know if you caught this, John, but desktop sharing in the new iChat. So you can do remote control, um. collaboration. Uh, you know, it's almost almost like they've taken a bit of Apple remote desktop and buried it into iChat and uh, basically given it away with the OS. Yep. Which is now, to rewind cool slightly, now another way to solve the problem with your desktop not being big enough, and this is another thing that actually is pretty good, is yep. now the, the Apple displays, the 30-inch display, mm-hmm. $19.99. 500 bucks still, cheaper. Yep. That's still not, you know, that's outside of a lot of people's budget. Yeah, yeah but the, uh, 20, so but the, 23, the, the 23 is only $9.99 now. So that's, that's, that's down about 300 price. bucks. Yeah. Of course, you can still so, get you can still get one from Dell for like what six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, and it's just as good. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, and I have a Samsung, and I'm I'm pretty happy with go. it. So yeah. uh, all right. So I, what, I have a Star Logic there? display uh, that I purchased at, at BJ's that I'm sitting in front of here that I have on the studio uh, computer. It's a 19 inch you know LCD screen. Pure crap. I highly uh, highly recommend you stay away from these things unless you only want to spend 150 bucks on a display, and then you know it's it's the it's the best darn 19 inch LCD screen you can get for 150 bucks. So there you go, Star Logic, and I don't know if they have a URL. I'm sure it just directs you to you know Korea or something. Yeah. Now the uh, the the new spotlight or the spotlight enhancements. Yeah, it also also steals something from ARD. Did you catch that from Apple Remote Desktop? Let you search across the network now. If if the permissions allow it, gee, you know that it, there's another company that's kind of in the search that does something kind of like that. I can't remember that. It begins with a G, <laughs> ends with an O O G L E. Reminds reminds with Google. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. 
but it's nice that you know Apple is embracing. Uh, Though there's a whole bunch of security issues with that. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, in this case, now I'm wondering how they handle. I mean, I have you know again, we we just you know I mean, it was just announced today. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the big problem that a lot of people had is that you're storing your data on Google's servers right. for the benefit of being able to access it from any other machine, and that's I'm, right. I'm sure that's going to be the. Maybe it's not the case with Apple. I don't, I don't, I don't know think where it is. They put that data. I, I think you're actually connecting. Well, if it's if it's using what ARD uses, you're just connecting to the Spotlight database that exists oh, okay, on the other okay. computer. Now that may that it may not be the functionality from from ARD, but I would I would assume that they would leverage that, right? I mean, it makes sense. So, mm-hmm. it, 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 other there, there's a couple other cool things. Uh, one is that d- the dashboard now can be synced with Dot Mac. Did you notice that? That's pretty cool if you use Ooh. .mac. If you're a dashboard user, you know. And uh-huh. Are you? You are. I think you use. Oh some yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah, widgets. Yeah, I, I like widgets. They got. I, I just got a book the other day uh, from. Uh, I think it was Wiley, and it's basically a tutorial on how to write widgets, which uh, don't use any you know really bizarre technologies. Right. It's all it's uh, you know HTML, CSS, yeah. uh, uh, stuff like that. The nice thing is that they include it now in dashboard. Uh, I guess right. a uh, very very basic authoring utility. And uh, now you had some comments a little earlier, Dave. About, I did uh, some of the. Yeah. bad things about that well, they've got this one thing and, and brian actually pointed this out in the uh in, in his mm-hmm. his postings but when you're in safari looking at a website it seems like there's a little button you can hit and you can go look at the dashboard movie to, uh, on the leopard pages to see this but there's a little button you can hit that lets you make a web clipping dashboard and the and which is great so you take that web page and now it will load in your dashboard but what you can do is you can resize that window uh, so that all you're seeing is the portion of the page you want. Now, the interesting example that they did was a Dilbert comic. They went to the United Artists website. They found Dilbert. They they brought this over into the web clipping and then and then sized it so all they saw was the comic. The interesting part was on the main Safari page, there was a, like two big ads that were essentially – remember, when you visit a website that has ads – that's your by allowing them to show you the ads is how you pay for that quote unquote free website right and this is the same thing at tmo it, the ads aren't there uh, you know for you to choose whether or not to turn them on or off the ads are there as your way of paying to view the content that you've chosen to view and i'm sure the people at united artists feel exactly the same way about their dilbert comic that they that they published there so to 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 build something that knows where to go on a a given website and do that you know i i have a i have a problem with that being someone who uh who runs a business that is supported by advertising so there's my little rant but uh well people may tweak their web pages uh to prevent that sort of thing who knows maybe make it a random url or or some other sneaky stuff or maybe yeah. do some digital signatures or, well, or, or just, who knows or just browser sense right and when you see that it's coming from the dashboard yeah. widget just you know put something else there move it around so yeah that, so but that like, stinks you know it's, it's just ridiculous to have to have two pieces of technology it's like the old copy protection days right you know where you've got each each side trying to outdo the other and and in the end you mm-hmm. know, nobody wins so on the other hand you and i are both big tivo fans and uh yeah tivo does deprive you know tv networks of uh you know potential advertising revenue if you blast past the ads which i think most people that have a TV, that's, i, I that's do kind of yeah point. and i i I've, i struggled with that initially 
I actually wind up getting quite a bit out of those commercials as I fast forward through them. Um, and, and it's clear in the six years that we've had TiVo that most people that, that the, 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 uh, the sponsors and the, the creative houses out there have actually built the commercials to get their message across, even at triple speed. Uh, there's, there's enough time for the branding message to be out there on the screen so that you actually see it while you're fast forwarding. So, or like you pointed out to me, which I I thought was very cool. uh, One night you you and I were talking, I think you and I are both lost fans, right? Right. Like John, did you see the ad for the Hanso corporation, which if you watch lost is the group that funded the Island uh, and all that. And I'm like, Oh man, I missed it. So yep. they're creating this incentive for you to to sit through the to ads so you can ads. get a little right. you know piece that adds to the show experience. So maybe yeah. it's just a call for it is advertisers to get a bit more creative and yeah. not expect you to just sit there uh, right. watching the ads. Right. You know, make it worth my while, make it entertaining, or because I'll see ads and they'll catch my eye. There'll be a little something there, even though I'm blasting past it, and I'll be like, oh wait, that looks interesting, and go back. And I think as you pointed out. People are yep. starting to tune their ads with with that in mind. So yeah, it's just an evolution. There you go. It's an evolution. There you go. So uh, it, one other thing that you got to go listen to is in the Universal Access uh, tab or whatever you want to call it of the, mm-hmm. the Leopard screens. They have an example of this voice called Alex, which is a new synthesized voice. It sounds amazing. I actually meant to pull down the MP, MP3 so that uh, we could play it on the show. I'm not sure how Apple would have felt about that. But just go there. We'll put a, put a link in the notes, and you can hear it. Oh, sounds I see it here. amazing. So, uh, And then wow. there was one other thing I wanted to mention, John, because I know that you remember this. But did you look at what core animation is, John? Well, I know that there's a, you know basic cores of the – there's core animation. Uh, well, core animation core, yeah, there, is new. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, because there were the there's other... There's core uh, audio, and right. There's core audio, and I think core video, and now there's core uh, animation. Oh. And what core animation does is it gives programmers a library of hooks to do uh, various tasks uh, in, involved in animating, live, uh, you know, layer, basically layered animation. And, and it, it really, you know, for game developers and, and even people that, you know, want to write... Uh, productivity apps that that have some smooth graphics in it and that sort of thing can make things much much easier and it reminded me of of something way way back when that uh, the commodore corporation called sprites on both the commodore 64 Mm. and the amiga it was the same kind of thing where into the os they built hooks for uh, game vendors really at that point in time is is who it was geared towards to write to easily write uh routines that that you know spun graphics on the screen and and did all these other very cool things not nearly as cool as the stuff that we all see today but you know you got to remember you know you got to remember 15 years ago yesterday was when tim berners lee posted to uh to usenet and i'm going to try and pull it up here oh yeah you sent me that today yeah he posted the www project merges the techniques of information retrieval and hypertext to make an easy but powerful global information system <laughs> and then he went on to describe what the world wide web would be 15 years ago yesterday it's not that long and, ago folks and i'm sure some people read that and said what a whack job what yeah, that's right much? and i remember <laughs> not very long after that when you know ncsa mosaic was was released <sighs> And you and I sat in your room, and on that old, uh, it was a what was it a Mac Two, I think, or maybe it was a, I think it was a Mac Two that you would borrowed from work I had a or CI. something. 
Yeah, but no, no, this was... I, I don't oh, think it was that, on your yes. CI. I think it was the one you borrowed no, from work. I may have had an SE... Th- I think it was a, either It was an SE30 or, that you uh, borrowed from work. Yeah, that's right. SE30. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. And we're like... And the light bulb went on. We're mm-hmm. like... Oh, this is going to be this huge. Is the best toy ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So I think before, yeah, it was core image and core audio. So, so right. this is neat because it's like a, a layer above. Right. It's exactly so, right. Uh, that's exactly right. Good for developers. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of them, uh, especially the gamers, uh, I don't know how game worthy, you know, core animation will be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huh. good stuff. So they had a few other things, but, uh, but I think that that pretty much sums up the, uh, major. I think so. Uh, uh, breakthroughs but uh good stuff so you know again the the analysts were like eh, yeah well you know whatever. whatever the stock you know i think pretty much did not a heck of a lot but but you know many well, i think it went down low. a little bit didn't it yeah probably because there wasn't a one more thing right because right. uh you know some people were thinking an iphone or uh well, but you know, why would they do that video ipod but why would either of those appear at a WWDC? I mean, unless they were going to give developers uh, an SDK for, for the iPod or something, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to, to show that at a WWDC. That's, that's more a consumer thing, and that's, you know, that's yeah. not what that's for. So. Or I think they're just not ready. They, they have to, you know, kind of pace themselves here. Well, they'll, yeah, they'll do a, a special event if they want to do it. You know, even if yeah. they do it in two weeks, they'll do it as a special event. I just don't think that they would show that kind of stuff right. to developers. So, but this was all, yeah, this was all definitely tuned to developers. You know, yeah. just faster, better be. machines. Everything's Intel, and you know, and I think they handed out after the show. They they you know handed out the latest uh, beta the um, developer build. Yeah, uh, developer build just uh, so they can have the latest and greatest. And uh, and what's the target date? I think I don't know if we're going to see it at Mac World. No, they're saying spring '07. But you know who knows? They've been doing the Scotty principle for a while, right? With the uh, with the Intel rollout. So who knows? Maybe they're doing the Scotty principle with with the the uh, Leopard launch. And by the Scotty and, principle, I mean right oh, under promise, over deliver. <laughs> oh, Captain! I can't right, give that's it. right. I can't give it. That's right. Uh, so magically, every time the guy found what and, he needed in the middle of space with nothing, he made it work. So clearly, he knew going in, right? He, I and, can do this. I just need a little bit of praise. And as we've seen, uh, you know, when compared to some other companies that try to kitchen sink their OS, um, pacing yourself to about every 18 months yep. is probably a good OS release strategy versus, bad deal. of course, Vista, which now they're pulling things because, you know, and I've been there. I do this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, software projects have a way of getting way, way out of control. So, uh, there was you know. a Dilbert Dilbert comic. Uh, speaking of them, that I read on Saturday, that said, you know, the secretary comes up to Dilbert and says, "I need uh, a description and budget of your your project." And, and Dilbert had something that he called the 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 uh, the project uncertainty principle or something that says makes this impossible because if you know the what the project's about, you can't possibly know the cost, and if you know the cost, <laughs> you can't possibly know what the project's about. So there you go. Uh, and another thing, very another, quick, I'll toss it in here okay, as a software yeah. guy. Yeah. There's a book called, yeah, you may have read it if you haven't, it's a good read. It's called The Mythical Man Month. <laughs> I'm serious, no. Yeah. And it's a book that was written many, many, you know, quite a while ago. I believe it was someone who was, uh, you know, heading up the team that wrote uh, IBM OS 360. And uh, his reflection was that as you add more people to a software project, it gets slower. And it, it's counterintuitive initially. You think, well... You add more people, it goes faster. Well, no, it doesn't. And it was just a, a whole story about how software projects go bad. 
and adding more people actually makes matters worse. And also adding more features. Can See, make I thought I worse. thought when you said the mythical man month that you'd been talking to my wife and, and that she was telling me that I start to get cranky. But no, that's not that. Uh, so but, you know, the other thing that Vista doesn't have, I don't think, is automator. Right. Which we, we spent quite a bit of time last week talking about with, uh, of course, with Ricky. And there, we had a, we have a couple of questions that came in uh, from uh, uh-huh. from from you folks and uh, and some tips actually. And the first the first one that I'm going to read is a tip because it does uh, it does address something that that we missed. John created an, an automator action to batch unlock oh, files. Yeah. And I got a smackdown here. Well, it, you know, this just goes to show you that the Apple engineers really do think further down the road than than you think that they do. And mm-hmm. and by this, you know, we were talking about John said, well, if you highlight a group of files and do command I or go to the file menu and do get info, you get a get info box for each file. And if you just selected a thousand Dude. files, man, you know, you're going to lunch. So uh, but in, and John was lamenting that Windows, when you do that, just shows you one box for all the files as kind of a summary. And you can unlock and mm-hmm. lock and get a size and all that stuff. And of course, Ricky and I st- sat here and agreed with John. Yeah, wouldn't it? And to me. Yeah. To me, that I gotta say personally, still uh, before you, you know, go on here. Mm-hmm. To me, that is preferred behavior. To me, that's expected. Now, maybe I've been tainted by having to use Windows on almost right. a daily basis. Right. But to me, I would expect that if I highlight a bunch of things, and and I would prefer to have a summary box that lets me do something with all of those files right. I just selected. But go on. So yeah, Ricky and I were sitting here singing the Beach Boys. You know, wouldn't it be nice? And and then. <laughs> We got the emails in, and sure enough, it is nice. It's not, wouldn't it be? It's It already is, you dummy. Because if you hold down the option key while you do Command-I or File Get Info, you get exactly what we were looking for, and you can do the batch unlock. You can see the group size and the whole deal. So, Jesse and, and Jeremiah and everyone else, thank you very much for sending that in. That uh, Not only do we appreciate when you tell us that we've got something wrong, uh, and, and obviously we do, but in addition to that, it's actually a tip that I have already used more than once since the emails mm-hmm. came in. So uh, very, very handy. Thank you. Thank you for that. So our listeners are uh, pretty darn smart. Yeah, they are. And Jesse actually sent in another email about Automator. And we were, again, a, a thing that we were talking about Automator missing. Ricky was complaining that, you know, you have to do things one step at a time and you can't store data anywhere else. Well, mm-hmm. you can. There, there. You know, you can't store data for future retrieval in Automator. There's no variables, uh, if you will. Well, actually, there is. Somebody has written an Automator action that they call temporary storage actions, and essentially, it's an action that you pass to it whatever you want it to save. Then you go on and do other things, and then you call the action again and retrieve from it the uh, whatever it is that you want it to do. Very, very key. I haven't messed with it at all, so I hope that it works as well as uh, as people say. But sure enough, it uh, it at least attempts to address the uh, and a, the concern. a tip of the hat, yeah, to the developer community out there. Oh yeah, um, and you know the the uh, Apple. You know, we had it in the last show notes, but the uh, portion of the Apple site where you can say search for. You know, you give it a few keywords and say search for automator actions to do this sort of thing, and. Yeah. Uh, you may get lucky, and in this case, uh, we got lucky. Hello, Dave and John. This is Ryan calling from Salt Lake City. Hi, Ryan. Love the show, and I have a question for uh-huh. you regarding last week's podcast about Automator. Uh, I've been trying to figure out for some time a way, an easy way, 
to do a live update backup, you could call it, of my Final Cut Pro project files. Final Cut Pro does the autosave where it um, can save sequentially uh, versions of the project file as you're going along on an automatic basis, um, which is nice, but I want to actually have an additional copy of those project files saved on a separate drive, just in case Got my it. drive goes out, yep. to have it on a, on a physically separate drive. So what I've done is I have a smart folder that um, locates all the files on the computer that that are Final Cut Pro project files, and then puts them all into that smart folder. And it, since it's a smart folder, it automatically updates. Problem is, is I've been trying to figure it out, and after the podcast last week, it got me trying again, is to figure out a way to get Automator or some way to get OS X to monitor that folder, that smart folder, and automatically update it every time I, re- I save the project file or Final Cut makes a new file. It'll be added into that smart folder and then have some way from that point for it to then be copied to another location that I choose and so that I can have an, another archi- archival copy of the project file. This is also something that may be useful for other people as well, for images or music or any, anything else, that any other type of file that gets updated on a regular basis. Um, so hopefully it's something that uh, you guys can help me out on. Once again, really enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks. I know both John and I took a look at this one because it was something we talked about during the show, but, and it sure seems like it's possible to do, but there's like little half inch well, gaps in the process from what, well, uh, from what poss- I found. Possible, I think, but I would say based on what I know of, of Automator, no, I, not, I don't think Automator, automator. No. is, so no. I think we agreed on that. Automator is, um, from what I can see though, hey, who knows, maybe somebody right. wrote well, something here, here's, there. Yeah, Automator here. is kind of something where the user, you, you have to user run an action yes. or you have to drag something. Um, That's right. The smart folder is actually pretty clever, um, but I think Automator is not the, 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 the place to look. No, because what you've got is you've got something called folder actions in the finder. And so you can have a folder that when you add something to it, and you wouldn't even need a smart folder. You wouldn't even need to use a smart folder for this. Just attach a folder action to the folder of Final Cut Pro, you know, auto saves, and uh, and that would work. But the problem is, folder actions are Apple scripts, not Automator actions. So right. uh, you need to. So while you could create an Automator action to do this very easily, uh, you'd then need to. Maybe you can run an Apple script that then runs an Automator action, though, and that would uh, that would be the only way to do it. Otherwise, you'd have to write an Apple script to to perform the whole process and that would work uh, from from what i understand of of, of everything here and, and the testing i've done and you know it's so close because apple includes a default group of folder actions yeah but there's one of them yeah is called add which when it detects that something new has been added to a folder yep in this case uh, it's it's called add new item alert it'll bring up a little dialogue saying hey dude Somebody mm. just added something to this folder. So oh, I they just put a copy in. To edit that script and replace the ad with yes. a, a copy, and you're good to go, right? So I would say that would be a good 
base script to work with, the yep. add script that's in the folder action script folder, ah. and maybe you know brush up on your Apple script commands. And I'm sure somewhere in there, instead of it throwing up a dialog saying, "Hey, would you like me to show you the new things that were added to this folder?" which is what it, it does, I, I, I ran it. You could probably just replace that with a copy, copy. command or an archive command. Uh, so you know it's a little messy though because as we pointed out, um, Apple script is. You know, you it allows really you to be... cater to your inner geek. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, but it's it's not a nice graphical, <laughs> no, you know, data flow layout thing. It's a uh, you got to get yeah, you got to bring it to the next geek level. So That's you got to right. learn a little Apple Script. And uh, you know, I did a quick search, but I'm I'm sure somebody's written a uh, Apple Script that does a yeah, uh, maybe right uh, copy. So um, so. Was moving in the right direction. There were smart folders, but uh, yeah. So, so I think uh, the folder action That's and the it. Apple Script is the way to go on that. Yep. And we that was uh, that was stuff that we both found independently. I believe we we both researched this and came to exactly the same conclusion. So, two oh six 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 geek is what uh, Ryan called to leave that message, and you can do it too. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about TiVo. I, I know that uh, we John and I obviously are, are TiVo geeks. And there's a couple of things that have been happening in the TiVo world that uh, that are somewhat related to the Mac. Uh, obviously, there is the mythical new version of Mac, the, the Mac client for TiVo to go that was supposed to come out first half of mm. yeah, whatever. They're kind of lagging. Uh, they're the they're a little Mac slow side. on that. But I get the feeling, and I have no uh, I, have, I have no knowledge uh, other than what we can all get on the web, but I, ha- I get the feeling that we're pretty close on that. So I'm hoping that some- sometime soon. But there is a more pressing issue, and that is this. If you have a Series 2 TiVo and you have the TiVo-branded wireless adapter, which is one of the few wireless adapters that will actually go high speed to 54, you know, 54 megabits. Mm. Uh, and, and then you use iChat with Bonjour. Now it just so happens here at the, uh, Hamilton Homestead. We, we do that because we use Bonjour for when, you know, somebody's up here in the studio and I'm down in the office, we can communicate. And of course, then Lisa, if she's over in the house, I can, uh, you know, I chat back and forth to her and during the day and it works out great. And that way we don't necessarily have to be logged into the, the main aim servers to do it. Mm. But if you have that set up, and I believe it, there's there's a couple of circumstances. One is if you've got a PowerBook or you're in a desktop Mac asleep and then wake it up while the Bonjour client is active on it. So it wakes up and then and then fires up the Bonjour client. The TiVo will either freeze or reboot magically. Now, I use the term magically. It's, there's actually a lot of cursing that goes on. Nobody's really saying abracadabra, <laughs> but we'll use that term here. So every time you open your Mac, everyone who's watching TV says abracadabra. And, and what really stinks is if it freezes, you don't know it um, because, the, you know, unless you're actually watching TiVo, you might not know it. And so you'll miss recordings and that sort of thing. Uh, went and replaced it with the wireless, with the wireless Linksys uh, adapter, the old 11 megabit one, and it's fine. I hmm. talked to the TiVo folks about this. The engineers are aware of it. They're working on it. The, the problem is it's hard to diagnose because it doesn't happen 100% of the time. It doesn't happen to 100% of the people. When it happens to you, it happens 100% of the time. So it's, uh, it, it's frustrating for, for some of us, and, and, and they don't really know what, uh, what it is, but, but they, they've got their suspicions, and they are working on it, and they asked me just pass that along. So I have passed it along and I've done my duty for all of you. And, and that's just, uh, that's just how it goes. So, mm-hmm. 
We, we had another TiVo question, but for some reason, I can't seem to find it. Ah, oh, here it is. Hey, Dave, John, this is Dave from Ohio. Got a kind of a geek question for you. I've been banging around. I can't find a solution to. Um, I tried Vonage, um, you know, for voice over IP and that sort of thing, but my TiVo cannot dial in through the Vonage line. So I called up the local cable provider um, and asked them if their voice over IP would solve the problem. They said, no, it's a problem with um, my TiVo. And so I called TiVo, and they say, no, it's a problem with Vonage direct I, uh, or whatever voice over IP provider I'm using. So they're kind of pointing their fingers at each other, and the bottom line is I can't get my TiVo to dial in. Uh, I wonder if you guys have any solutions. Thanks. Well, it, I think they're they're pointing fingers because almost rightfully so. Vonage, the, the the modems that are in their machines and the way that they connect are pretty much incompatible with all voice over IP. Uh, but it's of course it theoretically possible for someone to build a VoIP network that that doesn't have that kind of latency, and so therefore doesn't have issues with Vonage. So Vonage points it and says you have the wrong VoIP provider, and your VoIP provider says, well, you know we're not built to handle that kind of traffic. And really what they should be saying is you idiot. And I don't mean this to you, Dave, uh, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, what they should be saying is why are you trying to dial up when you have clearly have a high speed internet connection? Right. I mean, because that's, you know, the, the TiVo units can, can connect at least series two and later can easily connect over a high speed connection. That could be it. And Did, did he mention if he has a one or two? Because I still have a Series One, I'm right. happy with it. It's all paid off, right. so I'm, I'm gonna. Right. Well, you, you know, and you can you can make the Series One work with a a, a network too. It it is possible. Um, oh, just like not, a USB. Uh... Yeah, it's actually a little more complex than that. I think you got to okay. dig into the guts. So it's not nearly Ooh, as easy okay. as it is with the with the Series Two. But uh, if you have a Series Two, there are some of them out there still that when you go to reset it. Uh, you know, when you configure it for the first time, it has to dial in. Past that, then it can connect over the network. But the first time, it's programmed to dial in. The way you can trick it is putting in a dialing prefix of comma pound four zero one, and we'll put the link to the uh, website that that explains this because that for many folks with with Vonage, that's the answer. So. Uh, and I wanted to share uh, that while we were while we were on the subject, even though it's not really nice. Mac related. Because um, I, I did actually, I, I did a quick search and I found something on the TiVo community forum, which yeah. basically says anything that's not a hardwired analog telephone line, like like a right. cell phone. Someone right. in one of the postings said you wouldn't expect a cell phone connection to work like an analog line mm-hmm. because of all sorts of things, compression right. and uh, who well, the heck and, knows and the what pack. Doing. I mean, the packets are getting you know chopped up and and reassembled, and and there's not a, a an analog flow of data. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you know, analog modems, I mean, I'm amazed that they were able to get, I mean, what, what was the, uh, the, did they ever get beyond 56K? And even that was... 56 was only one direction, I think, right? Yeah, you yeah. need, but even that, doing that with a, a line that was designed oh, for yeah. voice communications, that in of itself was, was pretty Impressive. amazing. So, yeah. uh, okay, so that must uh, tweak their network somehow to, to let modem calls through. Good. No, Good no, 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 it, uh-huh. it doesn't. It doesn't tweak the network. That actually tells the TiVo to to go and use the uh, the network connection. So if you've got an Ethernet cord plugged in or a, or a wireless sorry, okay. USB. Right. 
Gotcha. Okay. That's that's okay. what it is. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. So uh, VoIP or VoIP connections or whatever are just not bad not going to work for, for yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we have? We've been we've been gabbing a long time here. I think we're. Uh, I think we're. Yeah, we have. I mean, I don't know. Whoa, there's the band. Uh, I don't have anything else, John. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. I I gotta congratulate you on your uh, new family members. Oh yeah, we got some. We got three new rats. That's right. Two zero six 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 geek is the number that you can call, and heck, we'll even play your message for the rats. But uh, that's certainly how Dave and Ryan got their stuff on the show, and it's how you can get your stuff on the next show. The next show we will be doing will be uh, back to normal. We do have a ton of new topics to uh, address stuff that you folks have sent in and asked us about, and we're going to uh, assemble a show around those. Of course, we'll we'll answer your uh, existing questions or your questions about uh, the topics we've already been discussing and kind of get back. You put something here on the agenda. Should I read this next week? How? No, you you were just messing with me, right? (laughs) I think I was messing with you. I don't have that copy of the agenda. I always do that for you. I I like to make you think. Hey, make sure uh, you go to Portable Media Expo in September. We've got to figure out uh, how we're getting there, John. What do you mean? I think Uh, we'll fly. Oh, no, 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 no. It's it's overrated. So many people do that these days. (laughs) (sighs) Take the Pony Express. Maybe we can ride on the back of the rats. Oh. There's Amtrak. But yeah, that'll get you out there uh, in a week rough. or less. That's right. Yeah. Cashfly hosting uh. is, of course, where you've downloaded this from. And you're listening to this through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for staying subscribed. We certainly appreciate having you listen and having you contribute. Write us, MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Skype in your questions to MacGeekGab. And, and you uh, got something to say? Say it. Podcast Alley, vote for us. or uh, oh, That's right iTunes, uh, you know. Can write comments. We like the comments. We like the good ones. Uh, the bad ones, well, we don't like those, but... We'll take them. We'll take them and we'll... What are we going to do with them? We'll read them. We'll take them to heart. We'll ponder them. <laughs> we will love them all. I do have a piece of advice, though. Yes. made up.